0: Save your seat now at growandemaiallist.com. That's growandemaiallist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 141. When I'm telling my story of leaving that windowless office at Target, I can guarantee someone will always ask So how did you book 25 weddings your first year and match your salary so that you can make the leap? I mean, kind of like that, right? And I get asked about this so much and it's part of my story that I sometimes breeze over because I'm often on a webinar or speaking at an event and I don't really have time to dive in because there are a lot of things I did. So today I thought I would spill the beans once and for all. Here are some of the strategies that I used and I hope that they're helpful for you as you're starting out and wondering... How do you find people who are willing to pay you to do what you love and to help give you the courage and the ability to make the giant leap into full-time entrepreneurship? Before we dive on into today's show, I get to do something a little fun. I get to share Carla, not Carly's, review for the Gold Digger podcast. She says, can't believe this content is free. This podcast is a great mix of information and inspirational content, and I finish each show feeling like I'm eavesdropping in on a mastermind top secret meeting. So grateful to Jenna for providing this for free. Uh, thank you, Carla, for tuning in. Thank you for leaving a review. These reviews light me and my team up and we are putting so much work into this show and it just means the absolute world. So if you have a minute today, if the show has touched your life or inspired you or made you just a way better person, I don't know, I might be taking too much credit here. Would you leave a review on iTunes? It seriously makes my day. I might like it more than mac and cheese. I'm, I'm not going to get carried away, but let's dive on into today's show about how I booked 25 weddings with zero experience. Let's flash back into Jenna Kutcher's life at the age of 22.
1: You're listening to the Gold Digger podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. All right, here are some of the
0: strategies that I used to book all those weddings. And I hope that they're helpful for all of you starting out and wondering how the heck to find people who will pay you to do what you love and help you get the courage and the ability to make the giant leap into full-time entrepreneurship. So when I first started, number one, I created a brand. Now, to give you a little context, I went to college, I double majored in business and communication. And one thing that I always loved, I was fascinated with was branding. What packaging made people choose one cereal over the other or how to really put your product or your service in front of the right eyes, how, how to draw an emotional response. And so I knew right away that if I really wanted to do this, if I wanted to make a go at this, if I wanted to have a business, I needed to have a site and a logo right away. Now, a lot of times I see this being the third or fourth or fifth step when somebody is jumping into entrepreneurship. And maybe they're making a crappy clip art logo because that's all they can do, or they're buying a one that can be duplicated from Etsy. And Guess what? I was scrappy guys. I am totally aware of how hard it is to get started, especially if you have financial restrictions like I did. Basically, we had no money. But what happened is that I knew I needed to create a brand. And I had to have some space beyond just social media. At the time, Instagram wasn't really a thing. Facebook was, you know, the hot spot. But I wanted to have like a landing page where I could leave an impression. And so I got a free WordPress, yes, free site, which was basically just a blog. And I started to put together a simple little page where people could learn about me. They could see my work and they could determine if I was the right fit for them. And at first, I just piecemealed it all together. But then I realized that I needed to really have a brand. I talk so much about the importance of a brand. And I think this is the number one thing I did right, right off the bat. So I decided to hire one of my friend's sisters, who is a graphic design student, and I paid her, I believe it was $200 to create a logo, a watermark, a brand for me. And my first brand, it wasn't Jenna Kutcher, it was actually Photos by Jenna Lee. And I wanted to have this one space that was cohesive and clear and that my brand could be born with just under a few hundred dollars. And so what I love when I look back is even if I were to land on that WordPress blog that doesn't exist anymore, I would be able to see very clearly who is Jenna Lee, what does she do, and what kind of work can I expect if I were to hire her. I understood about consistency, whether it was consistency in editing or consistency in frequency of posts but I really just understood the whole brand thing. Now, I absolutely did a lot of things wrong when it comes to this. I think one of the things that I share the most about what I did wrong when it came to this is that in order to create my brand, I looked at what everyone else was doing. It's really easy to do. It's really easy to do. And so... What I had found is I had a million tabs open of every other Wisconsin wedding photographer's sites, and I just took bits and pieces of what I thought people expected of me. And so while I did create a brand and I did that right, I also did a lot of things wrong. And so if I could go back and look at that one piece, I would say to figure out who is Jenna Lee or now Jenna Kutcher and what is her message? What sets her apart? And I think when we're starting out, it's so easy to just want to blend in. I mean, we're like praying to God that people don't call our bluffs. And that's exactly what I was doing. But at least I created a brand that was recognizable, that was beautiful, and that served a space beyond just being on Facebook. Number two, the thing that I did right is that I started sharing consistent content. You know, those fun little reminders from Facebook of your memories. Yep. Well, every day I am reminded of how much I was sharing when I was starting out. I mean, literally, it's a kick in the pants for me seven years later when I'm like, girlfriend, look at how much you were posting back in 2010 and 11. You were putting yourself out there every single day. I don't do that anymore, but I probably should. I was constantly posting photos, whether it was of a random cat, pictures of me, or pictures I snapped of my friends and family. Yes, I even had a Facebook album titled Life Through a New Lens, which was really just a point and shoot that I got for my college graduation from my incredible in-laws. I wanted people to start seeing images and to start thinking of me as a photographer. And I learned early on that you have to teach people what they should think about you. When they saw me, I wanted them to think photographer and not just any photographer, but a good photographer, a wedding photographer. And so I started talking a lot about weddings, which at the time was mostly mine because I didn't have any clients. But when I look back at that girl, I'm like, yes, you just posted almost every single day about what you were excited about, what you were planning for your own wedding, what pictures you were taking. I put myself out there. And I think that I'm just proud of myself. I'm proud of that, Jenna. If I could go back and give her a hug and say, way to go for it, I probably would, What I would have changed if I could go back now is that while I was creating super consistent content, I wasn't necessarily creating the right content. I was just hiding behind my work at the time. I was posting pictures, but not telling stories. I was sharing things, but there wasn't a lot of meaning behind it. And so while it was incredibly consistent... I wish that I would have done a better job of telling stories that my ideal clients could have visualized themselves in. That would be the tweak that I would make if I could go back to that day. Number three, I asked for what I wanted. i want to repeat that. I asked for the things that I wanted. I posted telling the world that I wanted to shoot weddings. I put it out into the universe and I openly shared my dreams and my goals. Nowadays, I see so many people with passion, but they are holding it so close to their heart. They are afraid to share it. They're afraid of what others think or what they will say or who's going to judge them. And so they hold their gifts in and believe the lie that they are not qualified enough and that they are never going to go on to do big things. I started to put it out into the world and I started to do it really boldly. I would say, I'm booking weddings for next summer. So if you or anyone you know is getting married, email me. I'd love to chat. I would message anyone that Facebook notified me was getting married and I would tell them about myself and my services and that I would love to work for them or be considered. You cannot expect that people are going to seek you out if they don't even know what you are doing. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash digger, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Now, I want to share a story because this recently happened in our lives I often get frustrated, I'm saying this so kindly, with Drew because when I started my business, I was scrappy. I mean, I was so scrappy because I had to be. We didn't have money. I was working 10, 11 hours a day. I was exhausted. I didn't know what I was doing. All I had was a camera and this major dream to get out of my office I had to be resourceful and I had to be bold. Like I knew if I am going to be able to put in my two weeks notice, I need to have money, right? And if I need to have money, I should probably match my salary. And if I'm going to match my salary, then I need to book 25 weddings in order to do that. And if I've only shot two weddings, which weren't really actually weddings, I was kind of just taking pictures at, then I've got to use them in order to reach those clients. And so it created this energy where I had to ask for what I wanted. And I think that nowadays, we become so timid. We worry so much. We imagine that one person in our lives that makes fun of us or or that says these side remarks that actually really hurt us. And we allow them to have control over what we're putting out into the universe. I recognize this so much in Drew when he launched his business. There is so much fear Connected to what we assume other people will think about us. There is so much power granted to people who are probably not even paying attention to what we're doing. We hold ourselves back because we're writing stories in our heads of what our friends and family are saying about us. But at the end of the day, when I look back at myself, I am so proud that I asked for what I wanted. I just put it out there. And I think that being bold, when you have to be bold to get results, is something that will move the needle far more than waiting for the perfect website, the perfect certification, the perfect Instagram post, the perfect about me page. Done is always going to be better than perfect. And when I look back, I think one of the best things that happened to me was this was a side hustle. And so I didn't have a lot of time to overthink everything. I had time to put it out there and see what happened. And I'll tell you what happened. So number four was I studied anything I could get my hands on, which at the time it looked like wedding magazines and blogs. I started this whole thing before Pinterest was even a thing. I know that's hard to understand and comprehend. Pinterest didn't even exist. And I would spend days looking at images I loved and going through How I would pose people to get that shot, what kind of lighting was required to get that shot. I would sit there and look at images that I was drawn to and set up the scenario of what words would I say to make a couple do that? What words did that photographer say in order to make that couple laugh like that? How do you make someone feel comfortable in order to look like this? And so I studied, I became a student. I would practice directing in my bedroom. I would make Drew be my light guy when I was figuring out how to use my camera. If you ever see Drew, I want for you to ask him about me making him slow dance with my dog in our bedroom while I worked out how to do off-camera lighting. Seriously, I I need to pull up those pictures because it's hilarious. I made him dance in our bedroom while I figured out how to work my flash. I bookmarked posts online that inspired me. I watched what style of editing I was drawn to, which sadly at the time was this really washed out look that is so 2011, but God bless it. And I became a student. I became a student to my passion. I I shot on my camera every single day, even when there is nothing to shoot, because I needed two things. I needed practice and I needed confidence. And I think a lot of times now it's so easy to make you look like you know what you're doing. But when you're really honest about it, it's time to become a student. And when you're really passionate about something, it's so easy to be a student because you want to get your hands on any information and all information that is accessible to you. And so... Nowadays, like I look at my blog and this podcast as my ability to pay it back because if people hadn't had YouTube videos or blog posts or magazine articles on how to do some of these things, I would have never figured it out. And so, this is my way of being the person that I needed when I started. I needed resources, I needed information. And so one of the things that I think is so great when I look back at that is one, how naive I was, because I don't know if I would have done things, if I would have known how hard it was going to be. But two, that I wanted to learn. I was hungry to learn. And I feel like in life, there are things that we are hungry to learn. Those are the things we need to pursue. Those are the things that we're going to impact the world with. Those are the things that we're going to be successful at, because when you are passionate, You will do whatever it takes to pursue that passion. And so becoming a student was one of the best things I did. Now, I also created a vision board, and this is kind of an embarrassing confession, but it'll take you back to Jenna Kutcher, The Beginning Days, Photos by Jenna Lee. I made a collage in Microsoft Word of photos that inspired me, which I had to like drag off from blogs, and I laminated it. And I think I still have it to this day. I would love to find it and put it in the show notes if I do. And I kept it in my camera bag so that I could sneak peeks while I was shooting. I wanted to have reminders of poses that I loved and direction cues that I needed as I practiced. And I am not afraid to admit that I would even pull out that little laminate piece and show my couples and say, this is what I want you to do. Because I wasn't good. I, w- I didn't know. I didn't know how to make those things happen. And so I would say, okay, I'm, I'm visualizing this image. It, let me just show you this for inspiration. And so it was kind of awesome. I mean, it was kind of ingenious, but I basically needed to have this vision board as a reminder for me. It was almost like a cheat sheet while I was figuring things out. And At the time, I would basically make anyone I could get in front of my camera. I shot a few weddings for just a few hundred dollars so that I had work in my portfolio. My first ever wedding was my brother-in-law's in in Jamaica. And so, yeah, I guess I could add destination wedding photographer to my title before I even knew what I was doing. But I really wanted to do a good job for him and my sister-in-law. And so I pulled out as many stops as I could for not knowing what I was doing. And what I did was I stretched those two weddings. So I did his and one of my old college roommates weddings. And I stretched them so far to make it look like I had all of this experience and a portfolio. And it also helped me recognize and acknowledge what I loved, what I needed to work on and where I wanted to take my business. And so What I did on that blog is I took tons of detail shots of both of these weddings that I could stretch out. I took portraits. I took bridal party photos. I did all these things and and I had a portfolio of sorts, but it wasn't big, but I didn't need it to be big because I was able to take what I had done to use that vision board to get the kinds of things that I knew I wanted to create in the future and put it out into the world. Now, the next thing that I did that was so right, and I'm so thankful that I did this, is that I created an experience that I personally wanted as a bride. Now, when I was starting my wedding photography business, I was a bride myself. And so I was walking through the process that my potential clients were also walking through. I knew what was important to me. I knew what I needed help with. I knew what things felt foreign and scary to me. And so it was incredible to be able to relate to my clients. And I took the things that were really important to me as a bride And I emulated them and I did them in my own business. So things like responding quickly and thoroughly to emails, showing up prepared to meetings. I remember asking the brides, tell me about your wedding day. Brides love to talk about their wedding day. And that was so important to me when I chose my photographer, which, Lindsay, I know you listen to this show. So shout out to you, sister. And what I think is so great is that I knew the things that I was struggling with as a bride myself. And so I was able to sit down and meet up with brides in Starbucks. And say, you know, oh my gosh, here's what we did to save money on this. Or uh, this is what I chose for my bridesmaid dress. Or this is how we saved money on this. Or this is what we're choosing to do for our flowers. And so I talked to the brides about things that I was doing in my own planning process. And it totally just made us hit it off. Like they trusted me, I was their friend. And when I first started, I did something super smart. If you are drifting away, come back, because this is really smart. I made my pricing middle of the road, just middle of the road standard. I did not want to be a $400 wedding photographer. I valued my time because I didn't have much of it. I mean, I was working 50 hours a week. I'm not going to charge $400 knowing that a wedding is going to take me 20 hours. And I didn't go super high end because I wasn't qualified to do that yet. But I charged what I expected to pay as a bride because at the time I was my ideal client. And then I made sure that I showed up big on their wedding day. I went above and beyond. I would stop at Starbucks and pick up a coffee that says bride on it. I would make sure that they had everything they needed. I would bring wood hangers with for their dresses. I I made sure that I did all the things that I knew I needed as a bride myself. And I basically created an experience and sold it without having really done it. I created what the vision was with my clients so that they would know if they chose me, this is what they could expect. And so when I look back, one of the smartest things I did was create this experience and be able to speak to it before I ever really did it. I knew that if they chose me, I would follow through on it, but I had to paint a picture for them to understand what they could expect if they were my client and how I was going to deliver that. And deliver it, I did. Now, one of the last things that I did and something that oh, I love to talk about and I hate to talk about it too is I invested in myself with paid advertising and I didn't play small. Now, let me tell you why I love to talk about this and I hate to talk about it. Because if I could go back, I wouldn't do this. But I think at the time and where we were at with social media and what the climate was looking like in the wedding industry, I do think it was a good decision. But what my problem is with this is I tell people this and they try to do what I did six, seven years ago, and it's not going to work. It doesn't work anymore. It's, it's gone. It doesn't work like that. And so I remember, I remember the day I can close my eyes and remember the day driving to my job at Target. And I was on the call with an advertiser and she wanted me to pay hundreds of dollars a month to advertise on their site. And she was absolutely swindling me. I remember she's told me, your images look like they could be like an anthropology ad. And I was like, oh my gosh, I know they do. Don't they? They look so good, even though they weren't that great. Um, She wanted my money, but I fell for that, by the way. And I remember thinking, and this is the thought that I love, This is the thing that I want to hold on to. I remember thinking, if I don't believe in myself enough to put money down on my dreams, why would anyone believe in me enough to spend their precious dollars on me? If I don't believe in myself enough to say I am going to spend money in order to make this thing happen, why? Why would I expect anyone else to spend money on me? And so I decided to go for it. I remember having this pit in my stomach. But here's the smart thing I did. I knew that if I was going to put the money down, I would absolutely make it worth every penny. And what I did was I ran the numbers. And so I said, okay, if I'm paying a few hundred dollars a month, how many weddings do I need to book in order to make it worth it? And I said, okay, if I can book one wedding, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. And so while I'm hesitant to share this piece of the puzzle because people ask me about it, I think it's important because it definitely helped fill my calendar. But looking back, I wish I would have known then what I know now about building a true brand and not just a business because I would have saved myself hundreds and even maybe thousands of dollars and found my clients that actually wanted me and not just any other photographer. What happened was I did paid advertising for one year and after that I was able to cancel it and it was all word of mouth referrals and my own personal marketing efforts. And so it absolutely paid off, but people try to do what I did then now and it doesn't work. Because we're using things like Instagram, and we're checking out websites, and we're looking at who our best friend had as their photographer or whatever. And that's how we're making decisions. We need to trust people because we are so tired of being advertised to. And so what is so interesting about all of this is that when I worked for Target, and when I wanted to get out of it, I had to be scrappy. I had to study everything. I had to ask for what I wanted. I had to share consistent content. Even when I was falling asleep at the keyboard, I had to create a brand. I had to create a vision board. I had to create an experience. And I did all this because I believed that I could do it. And I think that sometimes people are out there looking for a magic quick fix, an easy answer, but the truth is I hustled. No idea was too small. Every effort was worth pursuing and I worked so hard. I worked so hard. And I remember those days in that corporate office, and maybe that's you today, sitting there thinking about my wedding photography business and just wishing so badly that I could put in that notice I knew that I could do it. I knew I could. And I worked hard because I was motivated to make it work and to get out of that corporate job. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income and we've had such an easy breezy experience. And so what I would recommend and, and what worked for me is I knew that I needed to have a net there for when I jumped. I knew that I needed to know that I wouldn't fall flat on my face or that I wouldn't have to say yes to everything in order to make ends meet. And so my challenge for you is this. Set a goal and a timeline for yourself. Do the math and then get to work. You are worthy of getting paid to do what you love. You might have to do a little bit of work for free. You might have to do a little bit of work for cheap, but there is a brand within what you want to do. There's the ability to reach audiences so easily nowadays. There are chances for you to invest in yourself and to say, I am worthy of this investment and I'm going to make it worth every penny. And there is so much waiting for you. Now, if you love today's episode, I would challenge you to check out episode number 67, where I talk all about the steps you need to take before leaving your nine to five. Again, that's episode number 67. You can find it at jennacutcherblog.com slash 67. But I want to remind you today, guys, that you are worthy of doing this. And when I look back at the Jenna that booked 25 weddings with zero experience, I want to give her a giant hug and remind her that it is all going to be worth it. It wasn't easy, but it was worth it. Now I want to extend an invitation to you, the photographers out there. I know there are lots of people listening that aren't photographers. We have a free training coming up and I am so, so thrilled about it. I am going to teach you three simple marketing hacks to fill up your calendar and you can jump on into that live free training at photowebinar.com. I would love to show up and serve you there and dive a little bit deeper into the things that I did in order to fill my calendar and what this looked like after that first year. And so again, you can dive on into that free training at photowebinar.com. I am so honored that I get to show up in your life and share these stories and share these experiences with you. And I'm just so thankful that you have chosen to be a part of this community, a part of this tribe. And I would just love to hear from you. I mean, it truly means the world to me. So if you want to hop onto iTunes and leave a review or hop onto Instagram and just say hello, I would love to connect with you my gold diggers. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. And I pray from my experiences,
1: you guys are learning the most valuable lessons. Thanks for listening to the gold digger podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend, the more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.